Hi, welcome to the Integrative Health Podcast with Dr. Jen Flegar. This podcast is meant to educate and empower about important health topics. Dr. Jen's passion is to get to the root cause of disease and prevent illness. She will also feature guests who are experts in their fields and experiences in all things related to integrative medicine. Hello. This episode is all about my personal experience with COVID. It is not to be taken as medical advice. I hope you enjoy. I wanted to talk about my COVID experience. So the reason why I haven't really spoken about this is a few reasons. So the first, I was going to wait until I got a COVID antibody test because when I got sick, we're pretty sure it was COVID, but um, we were just hanging at home. I didn't feel the need to get tested. I wasn't working any shifts in the ER for a long time. Um, I wasn't feeling well, so I canceled my patients in the office and did everything virtual for the time needed. So, um, you know, we just kind of, as a family, hung, you know, hung out. So... What happened? This is kind of very interesting. So all of this was kind of in February when this went down. So I went to take care of some family members that were feeling sick and they had gotten tested for COVID and they had two negative tests. And I'm like, well, you know, I think you still, I think you probably still have COVID. The tests aren't perfect. So I'm going to come and and take care of you because I said I would when they were going to get sick. So went down there, took care of them. Um, right like after I left, they finally got another test and tested positive for COVID. So I took prophylactic ivermectin. I took the dose when, because at the time they recommended and they still do now, you take one dose and then you take 48 hours later a second dose. So I went ahead and did the prophylactic ivermectin. And I was also doing the quercetin, the vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc. And I was also not having any alcohol um, and decreasing my sugar to make sure my immune system was pretty healthy. Didn't get COVID, okay? Didn't get COVID. Um, You know, I was exposed to, to them. The family members didn't get COVID, okay? So then that... Like next week and a half, though, I was a little bit stressed out because one of the family members did go to the hospital with COVID, but did well because they were um, treated, you know, well before. So um, very stressed out, calling the hospital a lot. Um, You know, obviously, right, Um, stress is really bad on the immune system. So then it was about... Two weeks later, you know, everything was good, but I think my immune system had taken a little hit um, from stress. Then I go to work in the hospital, and um, there was a nurse there that was fully vaccinated, and she was talking about how her husband and her work husband were both sick with COVID, but because she was vaccinated, she was allowed to be at work. So, um, and, you know, she was just wearing a surgical mask and, you know, when you're in the nurse's station and stuff, I mean, if someone's sick, you're going to be exposed. 
So I get, so then the, you know, a couple days later, I started feeling ill. And I'm like, this is so weird. This is so frustrating. And then I found out later on that me and another nurse, and then she ended up getting sick and, you know, everyone was off work. Um, so I had already taken some ivermectin, you know, like two weeks before. So I took it again for a treatment dose. I took three days worth. I started on all my supplements and the FLCCC eye mask protocol, um, that is what I followed basically. And then, you know, I stayed away from my family members, but I had them increase their supplements and everything. But I, I, you know, I was already taking vitamin D. I was making sure vitamin C, quercetin, zinc. Um, I usually don't take melatonin, but I have been. So, um, I did that. Now I feel as though because of my history of autoimmune disease, even though it's in remission, you know, something genetically, something my gut health, you know, I'm just, you know, it's just, I, I feel like COVID attacks your weaknesses. And I think I got a little bit more sick than I thought I would. I had like two to three days where I was just, or it was like two days I was out just having bone broth, um, no appetite, lost my sense of taste and smell. Um, you know, it was like when I had the flu two years ago when I was pregnant with Emery and, um, I, I just let my body do its thing. Um, maybe a low grade fever. Emery was nursing the whole time. He got 24 hours of a fever and then he was totally fine. We made sure he didn't have rashes or anything like that. Um, but he was a champ, you know, I was a little nervous when he got that high fever, but I felt kind of sick, you know, and I'm like, he's getting the antibodies. So, you know, real bad body aches and, and everything like that. And then the thing that surprised me is I got a lot of tachycardia or rapid heart rate when I stood up, even with electrolytes, even when I was doing all the things. And then I also, what I was surprised about, I got the cough and I hadn't had a cough like this for probably like five years. I don't get bronchitis or anything like that. It was the kind that woke you up in the middle of the night. You can't really do much. You get that tickle in your throat, you know, but you do want it to come up. So I, um, it, I ended up getting that. I was watching my pulse ox, um, like kind of, you know, obsessively watching, you know, the pulse ox. And, um, you know, my parents were kind of like, is she being stubborn? Should she go to the hospital? I'm like, they're not going to do anything at the hospital. They're going to do less than what I would do at home. Um, so, you know, a few things I did because, you know, the rapid heart rate, I made sure I had a lot of electrolytes. I took it easy. So the thing that a lot of people do and they ask me, if you're sick, should you push yourself and work out or should you take it easy? If you have a fever, you should give yourself an extra two days to rest, you know, if you have that fever, give your body time to recover. This is the time when you shouldn't push your body. If you have a little sinus congestion, a little cold, you know, no fever, that's a little different. You know, you can go for walk, move your limp. And I made sure I did that when I started to feel like I could get up and walk. Now, the thing with COVID, when you have this tachycardia, you know, and you're watching the pulse ox, I would just be walking around and go up to 130s, which is very odd for me. I took reactive magnesium. I feel like that helped me a lot. And, and I think me going through this, I can 
actually give people advice that, you know, that I know from a study of me at help. So going into when I had the respiratory stuff. So my pulse ox was getting down. So it was like 94. And I was like, yeah, that's not good. So I did do some inhaled budesimide or pulmacort um, and really did a lot of breathing exercises. I, put, I was on my stomach. I was sitting up. I was on my sides. I wasn't just laying on my back because you don't want to have atelectasis. You don't, you want to make sure you're getting air into all of the lungs and you're not just laying in one place because then you could get fluid collections and get that atelectasis or collapsed lungs and that stagnant fluid you know that can sometimes turn into pneumonia um so i that helped and then i did take some oral steroids because at that time you know a few months ago there were some studies that show when people were admitted for low oxygen that IV Decadron was helping them and reducing the scarring of the lungs. So that's another thing. I was in the pulmonary phase. I was later in my course of illness. You don't want to give steroids early in the course of the illness when there's viral replication because that could increase viral replication. So you have to be patient. Your doctor has to be patient. They have to know their stuff because you could do harm giving medications at the wrong time. So, um, yeah, and usually when it's in, when you're in the pulmonary phase, that's when the pulse ox goes low. So we kind of knew that. Um, so I took that. That helped. Um, I also started right when I, you know, presumed, you know, we had COVID. I did start taking a baby aspirin a day. Now, actually, you know, in the early outpatient treatment protocol for eye mask for the frontline critical care coalition. They actually include 325 of aspirin daily. I just did a baby aspirin. I found a really clean brand that just has cornstarch in it, no other additives on Amazon. Um, because you know, I don't want to put like crappy stuff in my body. So I was doing that. And then I was also doing Inflamacore shake from by orthomolecular. And I feel like that really helped me with the inflammation and, you know, this, this cytokine storm type stuff. So um, then I feel like, you know, it took me about five or five days, which five or six days um, after, you know, the body aches and stuff to kind of feel the energy come back, you know, the coughing was starting to get better. Um, I feel like it, it took me a little bit, but everything that I was doing, you know, was based on where I was at in my course and based on protocols and studies that would make sense, you know, and there's no, the there's, problem is there's no treatments for COVID, right? There's no FDA approved you know, early treatments for COVID or whatnot, you know, we have the protocols. And that's why I really like the FLCCC is that they're very mindful. Um, and, and clinically, you know, it, it's helping a lot of people outpatient because the problem is, is when you go, when they go to the urgent care, the ER, people are just told nothing, <laughs> you know, just, Oh, just, just go home. Yeah. You have COVID. If you can't breathe, come back to the hospital. Well, at that point, your lungs could be, you know, scarred, damaged, your viral load could be out of control, you know, all of these things that we're just kind of ignoring. And, and you know, that that doesn't help things. Um, oh, so for my sense of smell and taste, 
I feel like the thing that really helped me, so I started smelling therapy right away, you know, lavender and lemon, and I smelled those a couple times a day. Um, and then I did X-Clear, um, did nasal saline, just to kind of wash that out. There are some people that are recommending, there are some studies um, for budesonide, you know, just like um, rhinocort nasally to help decrease that inflammation. Because if you think about COVID, it's it's about, you know, inflammation and inflammation of those blood vessels and nerves and, and all of that. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's what I did. I continued to take aspirin for two months post-COVID. Well, actually like two and a half months. And I've, n I never take, you know, like aspirin. And I took that, um, because, I was worried about being staying hypercoagulable. Oh, the other crazy thing that happened when I had COVID, I was about mid cycle of my cycle. Now I was breastfeeding. So I had gotten my cycle back just like a month or two before when I got sick with COVID, I had my cycle two weeks early and I had very, like, one or two days of just very thick blood. Now, I know the men listening are probably, like, gross. But the women, you know, and this is interesting because people are like, oh, the vaccine, you know, messes up your cycle. Well, COVID, and from my clinical experience, has been shown it's also kind of causing, you know, some abnormalities. And that's when we go back to what's worse, you know. Um, getting the vaccine or, or getting COVID. And that's when we don't know, right? So I was grateful that I, well, I was kind of annoyed that I actually like was taking care of people like, you know, my family without mask on and did the prophylactic um, post-exposure ivermectin and it worked. And then I ended up, um, you know, getting sick from someone that was fully vaccinated, but had got COVID because you can still spread it, you know, now they might have had a lesser COVID experience because they were vaccinated, but they were still passing it on. Right. Um, yeah, this infuriates me because at the hospital, if you're fully vaccinated, you don't need a COVID test on admission anymore. And that really, really like, it does not make any scientific sense because you could still carry it and spread it. But, um, but anyway, so I thought that was interesting with my experience. Um, I thought my cycle was interesting. I thought that the fact that um, my breastfeeding son did amazing, and he honestly probably has not been exposed to the regular coronavirus, um, you know, just a regular one that seasonally kids get because he's a COVID baby, you know, or he was when he was supposed to be out and about in the libraries getting exposed to all these germs at story times and whatnot. He was, you know, we were on lockdown. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, yeah, I think that wraps it up. I just wanted to share my story and what I did, and like I said, I haven't brought this up because I wanted to get my antibodies checked first to know, but I think waiting, you know, if someone could benefit from hearing what I went through, that it would be more important to share. One thing that is really cool that the FLCC, they just updated their early outpatient protocol to include fluvoxamine, and it's an SSRI. 
So there's a study done by JAMA about this, and they gave people 100 milligrams three times a day of this antidepressant with, um, with COVID, and they had placebos, and then they had um, people that were getting this SSRI, and they weren't already on an SSRI or anything, and they showed improved outcomes. Now, it was a small study. It was like 147 people, but I thought that was really interesting. So now... This is in the, the early outpatient protocol for 50 milligrams twice a day for 10 to 14 days if they're having minimal response after two days of ivermectin or if it's more aggressive variants um, or the treatment started late in the pulmonary phase. So I thought that was really interesting. They did just add on to their protocol. And you can go to covid19criticalcare.com for these protocols. They're excellent. Um, they also do mention inhaled budesimide as some, you know, alternative treatments too. And they have the dosing for the ivermectin. They also have a, where you can reach out to doctors that prescribe ivermectin because the problem is, is, you know, Rite Aid nationwide is refusing to fill this. Um, doctors won't fill it and people are resorting to using, horse paste or veterinarian um, ivermectin instead, which to me, I think that is kind of dangerous. Um, the physicians prescribing this, they're having informed consent with their patients and they're prescribing it appropriately based on, based on good research. Um, it is off-label, but many medications are used off-label in, you know, in today's world. So, so that is a good resource. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Please leave a review, share with your friends and subscribe to the podcast. This podcast is created and hosted by Dan Flagar and is for informational purposes only. It's not medical advice. This podcast excludes responsibility for adverse effects from use of information contained in this podcast. This podcast does not promote opinions of their guests of their own and does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests of the show or endorse any qualifications for the guests of this podcast. Guests may have financial disclosures. If you think you have a medical problem, consult your personal physician or team. Thank you for joining.